Happy New Year. If you are anything like us, we got to truly unplug and spend some much needed time to rest and recharge after a crazy 20 we all just had. We are so blessed by so much that 2020 still gave us and what we learned as a team during the hardest year of our lives. While 2021 might not have as much expectations like we thought we had going into last year in 2020, we can still plan and prepare for our version of reality while we anticipate it as well. If you have a notebook nearby or the notes section on your phone, I encourage you to pull that out and write some notes because you'll want to remember what we're going through today. Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients, the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. Three years ago, I started this process of planning out for the next year, and my team and I, we do this in December. However, it really can be done anytime between December, January, heck, you could even do it in November or February. I don't care. Totally up to you. And you might even do it based on seasons. But for this example, we're going to talk about December or January doing the planning for your next year. So prior to three years ago, I didn't have any planning process at all. And I can tell you right now that that was a mistake. I just made it to where each year kind of ran into the other and nothing really changed. We went from December 31st to January 1st and it was no big deal. Um, My first year doing a plan ahead meeting was in 2017 and I was a solopreneur and was the same year that I got married, I bought a house and I finally quit my nine to five job and launched right into my business full time. Prior to that, I was just kind of doing it as a side hustle. So that year was kind of crazy. Um, I was about eight months pregnant or so in December and knew that I needed to hire someone to help. Before I hired Kaylee, who you've heard from many times on this podcast, I was doing it all, literally everything. I was taking the orders, booking the clients, delivering rentals, buying the inventory, taking out the trash, and so much more. If you can think of it, I was doing it while I was pregnant. (laughs) I had a friend who was helping me here and there with emails, but the rest, it was on me. My planning meeting consisted of just looking at my tired eyes and deciding I needed to hire someone. And so I put out a simple Instagram post, not expecting to get over 12 people interested, but 12 people reached out and one of them was Kaylee. I interviewed her along with some of the others, and I knew I couldn't move forward with anyone else but her. Well, about a week after interviewing her, she called up to follow up on her interview, and little did uh, she know, I was in the hospital for a family member who had just been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and was about to be in a coma with high blood sugar. I also was days away from being induced with my daughter, Briley. So our conversation was short and I said, yes, you're hired. I'm in the hospital right now for someone else about to be in the hospital for myself with my uh, child being born, but I can't wait to have you on my team. So here's the deal. I'm going to have a daughter. Then it's Christmas in a week. 
Then that being said, I can't train you at all. So for the next two to three weeks, just do all the research on the business and I'll meet you at the office in January. I showed up and she came into the office and I was fully expecting her not to walk through the doors because I was like, really? Why would I say that? And looking back now, I should have just waited to hire her, but you know, hindsight. Um, so she's been here ever since, and I'm so glad that she showed up to that um, day in the office. So my first year of planning for the following year was simply just hiring someone and seeing where it went. Now she's had, I think, every position on my team. <laughs> she's finally settled down into what she wants to be doing, but nonetheless. So the next year, I put a little bit more effort into the planning of the next year with my team. So I went from being a solopreneur in 2017 to having six full-time employees on my team the following year. Gosh, that was crazy growth looking back. We had just come off of a year where we said yes to every single thing that was thrown our way, and my team was tired. Heck, I was exhausted. We sat down and relived and celebrated what a year we had and made a pros and cons list of what went well and what went not so well. We looked at our average order size, both revenue and product-wise, and we just put down on paper what the year looked like. There was a whole lot of things that went right, but there was a whole host of things that went wrong. We looked at every part of the business from delivery of events to will call orders, from types of rental inventory to the supplies we had on hand, and then we broke apart everyone's position from my role as CEO to Kaylee as the content manager at the time to Alexa as our accounts manager, and Julianne as our operations manager. We also took Will and John, who are our daytime and nighttime warehouse managers, and looked at what's working and what's not. How can we improve your efficiency and make sure that your tasks are aligning with your position? And it was a couple hours long, and we felt good going into 2019 with some intentions. So at the end of 2019, gosh, that was a pivotal year in planning for the next year and really made us focus on what we wanted to really hone in on. We scaled back our team a bit and got super hyper-focused on each branch of the business and what we wanted to dream up next. Our planning sessions really kind of started with the Rise Business Conference in Charleston with some of our friends in the industry, and it kick-started how we plan out our business for the next year with a super intentional plan. In 2019, we scaled our planning meeting over the span of a few weeks so that we could make sure that all of our SOPs and other content needed for 2020 was completed before Christmas. So this year, because we've all survived a crazy 2020, we did our planning meeting over a span of three days, and I'm gonna walk you through every single part of it. So if you haven't whipped out that notebook yet, now's the time to do so. So the very first thing that I want you to do is write down all the results that you made happen in 2020. Set a timer for a few minutes and just write down all the things you did here. We more often than not think of what we didn't do or what didn't go well first. So we're reversing that here and you're going to start with what you did produce. So if you need to pause this episode right now and go do that, feel free to. An example for our business that we wrote down was that this podcast that you're listening to was formed and we've stayed consistent with it. All right, so the next thing you're gonna do is now write down all the places where you could use some improvement. Write down anything that didn't go well and needs to change in your business. 
I want you to be graceful with yourself though here and don't get too hard on yourself because heck, 2020 was a tough year for so many people. And the last thing you should be doing is being too hard on yourself. Something that we wrote down for us was getting clear on our priorities and the end result we wanted to create before we started anything. Really, for me, the reason why we put that there is I'm a Enneagram 3 at heart, and sometimes I think it's my middle name, and I will just dream up anything and everything that we want to do and just go all in. But what we want to do this next year is get clear on our priorities and what the end result is before we start creating instead of just doing something because we want to do it. So from there, I typically, for myself, and I encourage my team to do this as well, is do the same exercise, but for your personal life. How did you show up? What are some things that you accomplished at home or with your kids that you did really well? Something I wrote down was that I was exceptionally present with my kids when I was at home. I didn't have to be going to the office every single day like I was pre-pandemic. And so that time that I used to drive to the office, I was sitting down and playing trains with my son or I was playing dress up with my daughter. And so that's something that I feel like I did really, really well. So now that we've reflected high level, We're going to move back into the smaller stuff. What does your team look like right now? So let's start with the team. If it's just you, then that's awesome. That's great. If you've got some others on your team, I want you to write those down too. Just take any piece of paper and just write down who's working for you. Anyone who ranges from an employee to a contractor is a part of your team. I break this up by the leader or the founder, which is me. And then my leadership team, which consists of your managers or supervisors. And then what I call is my core team, which is anyone from delivery drivers, warehouse assistants, content creators, anyone who's kind of doing some of those um, tasks that you could be doing, but um, because you're focusing more high level, other people are doing it for you. So next, we're going to take a deep dive into each section of your business. This could be by service or area of expertise. And here's what I mean by that. If you have one business, for example, you own a rental company, you could take the areas of delivery orders, will call orders, and services as your sections of the business focus on. You could also do this by sales, marketing, and operations. But if you have multiple businesses like I do, we broke it up into events, education, and interiors. Then we took it a step further and talked about sales and then marketing as well. So choose your own path here. You can do whichever one you want to do. And just a recap, you can either do it by areas of the business, meaning delivery orders, will call orders or services, or um, if you're an interior designer like Leanne who's listening in, you could do it by um, corporate offices, residential homes, and services. You can do whatever you want to do here. The second option is you could do this by sales, marketing, and operations, or you could do it by businesses if you have multiple businesses. All right, so what you'll do, no matter how you break up your business, is this. First, you're going to write a pros and cons list of what went well specifically and what didn't go well specifically in that area of the business. So if you're taking sales in general, what went well and what didn't go well? Or if you're taking marketing, what went well and what didn't go well? If you're taking a specific type of the business, meaning delivery orders, what went well and what didn't go well for that specific thing. You'll want to define specifically what you offered in 2020 and then also what you want to offer in 2021. You'll then take a report of your sales by month 
along with the amount of events you took on those months or amount of business you took in those months. And then now, if you had a business in 2019, you might want to look at both numbers side by side just for comparison based on a normal year and then, a, you know, for lack of better words, a crapshoot year for events <laughs> or your business if it wasn't very great. If yours looked anything like ours, it likely was great numbers in January and February and then got desperately low until late summer or fall or maybe still is before it maybe rose just a little bit. You'll want to take a total of all your events or all of your business in the revenue and then create some averages. This will help you look in years to come to take a look over all the years and make an analysis of what the business looked like in those years. And so for me, I can take three years ago, uh, two years ago, last year, and now this year and compare all those numbers because I did that work. So that's what you're going to do for every part of the business. It's a multiple step process. You're going to do your pros and cons. Then you are going to make a report of what you offered and what you want to offer next year. Then take your sales in the amount of books, uh, of, of events, or whatever you're doing in your business, and then compare it between last year and this year, if you had a business in the previous year. So then, while you're talking sales, I want you to ask yourself, specifically in this part of the business, how do you increase those sales next year? This is a great place to do a little brainstorming, which may turn into your marketing plan for you later on, but ask yourself, how do I increase these sales, these numbers, this next year? When you talk marketing, whether it's within your brands or the whole other subject, you'll want to take your stats, such as follower count, Instagram, um, you know, analytics, engagement percentage, uh, email list subscribers, and any other stat you really kind of want to track. Once you've taken the time to look at each part of the business, Pull out the goodness and then leave some room for improvement sections and you'll want to make a plan of action or a roadmap to get back on track. The last few things that you'll want to plan ahead for are this. Dream up what your team needs to look like at the end of the year. When you get to December of 2021, what does your team need to look like to go where you want to go? What are you doing in 2021 that you need a team to support what you're doing? With these teams, let's look at some numbers. Look at what payroll expenses and overhead expenses look like for you. Then I want you to add 50% to that number because you want to have some margin in your business. And I usually teach my students between 40 and 60%. But just for kicks, we're going to say 50% because it's easy numbers. That will give you your sales goal. So for easy math, let's say your expenses monthly, in, you know, like rent and utilities, softwares, insurance. Let's say they're $120,000 on average for a full year of those expenses. Then let's say your payroll expenses are another $120,000 for the year. So that's $240,000 a year plus 50% would be your sales goal of $360,000 for the year. But I like to break it down into smaller numbers. So let's break that down by month. So if we divide that by 12, that means we need to bring in $30,000 in revenue every single month on average to hit a sales goal of $360,000. When I think about a monthly goal in line with what my business is that I run, how can I utilize what's happening in each of those months to determine where revenue might come from? Between 
busy seasons, holidays, various happenings each month, there's usually something every month to make a marketing plan around. So when we think about our marketing sales goals, we can easily set up what the revenue is coming in to equal the amount of monthly sales in the goal mentioned what we talked about above. What I mean by this is that if you have floral and rentals and something else, then let's define what's coming in each month and how you'll get there. You can take this with any type of business. It does not have to be events related. So below, I'm going to talk a little bit about each month and what comes with that. You likely have a seasonal business in higher months and lower months when it comes to revenue. So let's define what each month looks like. And then I want you to separate it by quarter. When we do our marketing plan, I actually take uh, laminated calendars for each month and I separate them into four sections. I do January, February, and March for quarter one, then quarter two, then quarter three, then quarter four. And what we start out is um, putting what happens in each month, which is what I'm about to talk to you about. So for example, in January, we know that New Year's is on the first. And so you're going to write New Year's down there. It's also a winter month. And so you might want to mention it's winter. Then in February, you've got Valentine's Day, which is also winter. March, you have spring break and St. Patrick's Day. April is April Fool's and Easter. May, you've got end of school year and Cinco de Mayo, who likes a good fiesta. June is summer vacation. July is summer vacation and 4th of July. August is end of summer and school is starting. September is fall. And if you're like me, it's also pumpkin spice season. October is fall and Halloween. November, you've got fall. Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Shop Small Saturday, and Cyber Monday. And then December, you've got winter again and Christmas and the end of the year. And so why is this so important? Why do we need to define what's in each month? Well, it can help us plan what we might want to promote in different times of the month and years to encourage buying. If you have a busy season and a lower season based on your business, you also want to mention that in each of these months. And so we put all of this stuff down on calendars first. And then if we have anything big happening in any of those months, whether it's big corporate conferences that come back yearly, or for me, it's when I'm launching a course, or if I want to do Valentine's Day sales for floral or anything like that, we're going to mark those on the calendar and then plan our marketing around those so that we can increase the amount of revenue that we're going to bring in because of something that's already happening in that month. So I want you to write down two things. First is the revenue that you brought in in the past year or 2019 for more accurate projections. And secondly, I want you to align that with what happened that month. So for example, January, you might have brought in, let's say $20,000. It could be $40,000. It could be $100,000. It could be $10. But for example, we're going to say January, you brought in $20,000. And why did we bring in $20,000 this past year? Well, it was booking season for newly engaged couples. And so you're going to do that for every single month of the year. I want you to look at next year after you do that. I'm going to have you write down all those months as well in a monthly goal in each of those columns. Remember that sales goal that we came up with that if you want to do $360,000 in a year, you need to have $30,000 that comes in every month. Well, that might not be attainable every single month. You might have certain months that you can milk out more of the revenue and 
other months that it's going to be a little harder to milk out that revenue. So in the second column, I want you to think about each month and what your projects each month look like. So for example, January this year might be a lot slower than other Januarys because of a couple of things. You've got the unknown with COVID still. Uh, We also have a new president coming into office in January and there's a possible shutdown that might happen. Um, So you may want to cut what you did last year or the year before in half and put that down. The other thing while you go through the year is that you need to write down what will be responsible for bringing in that revenue. Is it wedding deposits? Is it wedding balances? What about corporate events? What about any new thing that you want to offer this year? If you're an online course creator, what about courses that come in? Is there going to be certain months that are going to be higher because of the revenue coming in that you're planning on? The final things that you need to do now is take any of those room for improvement sheets, those cons that you wrote down earlier, and you're going to create your marketing plan so that you combat those and get ahead. Look at what you need to promote and market when you're going to do that. So if I'm going to take Valentine's Day and doing floral orders for Valentine's Day, well, I can't promote that on Valentine's Day. I need to look ahead a week or two and start promoting that then. So once you've gone through this sales and marketing section, then I want you to look at your softwares and systems that you currently use. Are they still working for you? Are you using multiple softwares to complete one task? Can you perhaps combine those softwares into one and save time and efficiency? You don't want to be paying or using a software that doesn't serve your business how it should. Then finally, you're going to wrap up your meeting with anticipating what the next year might throw at you to throw you off of your plans. Look at what's happening in the world and what your marketing plan looks like. How will, how will this pandemic affect your sales continually? What will any new politician coming into office do to your business, whether that's on a local level or a national level? Anticipate what might throw you off and what you'll do to combat that when or if it happens. All right, I know that this was a lot of information, and I hope you gained some perspective and knowledge around how you'll plan for 2021. The only kicker here is that you have to stay consistent and come back to these plans often to keep this top of mind. You can't just plan it once in December or January and then never look at these plans again. Plan for a monthly meeting to see where you're at. Then plan a half year meeting to see what changes you need to make based on what you've talked about now. So one thing I do want to go back to after going through all this is the team. So we talked earlier in this episode all about your team and who you currently have. I mentioned that you might want to think ahead for what team you might need for the business that you're creating. And most businesses, unless you're a hobbyist, most businesses are looking to scale. They're looking to make more money. And so I want to talk a little bit further on the team. The team that you have right now might work really well for you right now. But if you're wanting to add services or if you're wanting to add products or if you're wanting to add different types to your business, you might in fact need some people on your team to make that happen. You can't do everything. I can tell you firsthand, you can't do everything. I've tried it. It doesn't work. Um, So you might need some extra people on your team. For us, for example, when we started 2020, we thought about, hey, we are likely going to be creating a course this year. 
we are likely going to be producing a podcast. We're likely going to be doing certain things in the education space, and it's a lot of work. And so if we are wanting to do that, who do we need to be on our team to make sure we do that efficiently and to do that successfully? And so we ended up saying that we need to hire on a content curator. So that's what we hired on. Brooke, welcome to the team. You are on our content team. And so um, she actually edits this podcast. So hey, Brooke. (laughs) Um, But we knew that going ahead and doing that, we're going to need to bring on some extra people on our team. You might be able to do it all on your own for a while, but at some point you're going to want to anticipate having some people come on the team. So I have been recording this, as I said at the top of the show, I've been recording this also with Clubhouse, which is a new app. It's a um, like audio-only social media platform. It's essentially, long story short, it's a place where um, it's kind of like being at a conference. Remember conferences? I know it was so long ago since we've all been to a conference, but if you're at a conference, they have these breakout rooms and you can hop in real quick, listen in, ask a question, hop out if you'd like. And so I've had a couple of people hop in and out of this clubhouse room as I've been recording. And so now's the time that if you have questions because of this episode, now would be a great time to raise your hand and come up on stage and ask questions or um, give some insight into 2021 planning. And I know that I've titled this 2021 planning for creatives, but if anyone in the audience right now um, is someone who's not a creative but wants to input. I know that Christy, you are in there and you are a finance expert. I'd love to have you come up on stage and kind of help us understand um, how do we plan ahead for 2021 when it comes to our finances. So Christy, I'm going to bring you up on stage if that's okay. Hey girl. So if you can kind of tell us a little bit about how us as small business owners could maybe um, plan ahead for 2021 when it comes to our finances. I love that. That's so fun that you are doing this, girl. And I love that you are broadcasting this or recording it for your podcast and on Clubhouse. How cool is that? Yes. And for those of you listening app. listening to the podcast, um, you may have heard or remembered Christy from episode 38 just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And here we are now on Clubhouse, too. And we hosted a thing last night. So if you guys aren't on Clubhouse yet, come join us because it's fun over here. And so funny that you're asking about 2021 planning, girl, because I actually just did a talk on that yesterday. Yesterday? Yes. Um, And did five tips. I called it five tips to running a marathon and then said, oh, no, just kidding. Five tips to achieving your financial goals. So you might think it would be more fun to run a marathon. Some of you don't like it. uh, That sounds like hell to me. I would hate that. Yeah. I know it sounds terrible, right? See, so if you have to run a marathon, at least you're like, okay, no, I'd way rather do my financial goals. So um, I did five steps to that, and I will put together a little guide but, um, that your listeners can certainly have. Um, but one of those, one of the five steps that I'll just say, because I don't want to take over your podcast, was um, to come up with a goal. So kind of like when you're going to go on a trip, you have to have a goal in mind and you have to say like, Oh, I'm in Dallas and I want to get to New York. If you want to um, run a marathon, you have to set that as a goal. So what I see people do a lot in the finance world is they're like, I just want to be profitable or I just, 
you know, want this to be a better year. Okay. So that would be the equivalent of saying, I want to be a runner. Okay. I want to be a runner is not a great goal. And so when you're looking at goals, I um, encourage you to look at two things for um, the new year. One is that it's a SMART goal, and that's just a little acronym, and it's specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-sensitive. So um, time-sensitive, obviously, if we were talking about like all of 2021, which is what you're talking about, so you could say, okay, for all of 2021, set a specific, so not like I'm going to be a runner, because that's not specific or measurable, Um so you would want to say, I want to run a marathon. Now, if you have never gotten up off the couch, maybe that's not achievable, although it is. You can run a marathon in a year. But you need to set something that's achievable. So if we're talking about your finances, if you're starting today and your goal is going to be to have you know, have revenue of a million dollars at the end of 2021, that may or may not be achievable for you. You want it to be a stretch, but you want it to be achievable because there's no point in making a whole thing about it. The other part of that, so two parts to having a goal. One is that it needs to be a SMART goal. And then the second part is that it needs to be your goal. And I've talked about that before. I think I even talked about it on your podcast. But people, um, I often see clients, you know, come up with a goal, like I want to run a marathon because everybody says that you should run a marathon. Or I want to have revenue of a million dollars because, you know, that's so cool. I want to be, you know, have be a million dollar business. But really, it has to be a goal that you care about, that you set for yourself, because it is hard work to run a business. And we all know that everybody said, amen. So you want to have goals that um, you yourself have bought into. So that's, that's just one of my five steps for um, achieving your financial goals. I love that. Um, Will you um, just quickly share with us the other four steps just so that we kind of understand? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, the other steps, (laughs) hopefully my brain is not going to peter out. But um, So step number two is in my example of we're going to fly to New York. Well, if we're going to fly to New York, we have to know where we are today, right? So today um, you and I are both here in Dallas. So in the world of setting goals, we have to know where we are today. So that's take a step of where you are in your business and assess where you are today. This is almost the end of 2020 when we're recording this. So look back, what worked well, what didn't well uh, work well, what changes can I make, what expenses, when I did the podcast, we talked about doing an expense audit. Um, what are some things that, you know, I learned from this year that were great that I want to implement and will help me carry forward from Dallas to New York or from, you know, zero to say your goal that you end up setting is, you know, $200,000. What's going to carry me forward? And what are some of the things that I want to leave behind? And so both from a financial standpoint and also from a learning standpoint. So that's number two is where am I today? Number three is idea soup. Cam, do you know Idea Soup? Of course. Love the Idea Soup. I've taught it so many times on the podcast. Okay. So a lot of your listeners, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I've heard this before. And Cam and I are both in Amy Porterfield's class. And she tells us it's no big deal to repeat things because it's layers. So if you've heard Cam say this several times, you're going to hear me say it again. So Cam and I are both Rachel Hollis and business coaching kind of people. And she does Idea Soup. And essentially, that's just... You take a blank piece of paper or your iPad or, you know, your whiteboard 
and write down every single idea that could help you get from, you know, Dallas to New York or couch to marathon or zero sales to 200,000 sales, whatever, you know, we're thinking about. And of course we're talking about financial. So what are the things that can help you get to that revenue goal or that, you know, volume of products sold or number of events or whatever. So whatever your goal is, what are the things, and you're not judging at all whether or not these are good things or not good things. You're just writing it all down. It's a brainstorming session that's awesome to do. And this is actually an awesome thing to do. Like if you have an accountability pod, like Cam and I are in a mastermind group together, this is a great thing to do with other people because they will have ideas that you won't have thought about. And so that's a great thing to do. After you do that, you pick um, three to five. I usually try to do three that are the big ones that will for sure propel you because you'll have like a million ideas that would all be good, but you've got to go back and pick the three to five, put them in sequential order. And so now you're like, okay, these are the three, you know, that have to happen to get me from where I am to 200,000. And you'll be able to see how the other little pieces will kind of fit into that, but you need, know you need to move forward to get there. So now you want to break it down because it's too overwhelming to say like, I'm going to get to 200,000. Well, now you just need to get to that very first step that you just had. So the next um, part is step four, and that's what will it take? And you really need to assess that because it's going to take something different from where you are at this moment because otherwise you would be there. So will it take different systems? Will it take coaching? Do you need to hire some people? You need to be really realistic about this and also look at your finances. What can you afford? What can you outsource? Because you want to bootstrap things, but you also need to know where to invest. So um, knowing what it will take and making that decision it can feel like a big step, but you're not going to get there if you don't. And then the last um, step is commitment and consistency because making this big goal and deciding that you're going to hit 200,000 in this next year is an awesome thing, but it is not going to happen if you don't take steps forward. So whether that's, you know, time blocking or finding an accountability partner, it's kind of like if you tell someone you're going to, you know, lose 10 pounds, then you need to, um, you know, tell someone so that they're like, hey, you're not supposed to be eating at McDonald's this week, right? So <laughs> that same thing, that commitment to consistency. And then also just because I am a finance girl, I'm going to tell you, you got to do forecast versus actual. You have to actually talk about like when I said I was going to get to that step one, that's going to get me to that goal that I set was my goal for myself. You have to compare, like, how am I doing? And it's okay if you didn't get there. You're still doing better than you were, but you need to be realistic and you need to evaluate where you are so that you can continue to pivot and tweak and move forward. So there you go. That's my fast answer to the five. And I am going to, like I said, turn that into a PDF because I know a lot of people want to sit and kind of journal that out. So when I do, I'll let you know. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christy, for... Um, talking to us all about those. Those are super helpful. And you kind of referenced some of the stuff that we talked about in episode 38 as well. And so if you want more of Christy in your life, go back to episode 38 on the Render Podcast, right where you're listening right now, unless you're listening on Clubhouse right now. Um, Leanne, I don't know if you have any questions or want to come up on stage and chat a little bit. I know that you and I were kind of talking before we went to the recording of this episode of just um, kind of letting years run into the other without having a good plan and um, plan in place. But we also talked about, you know, once you set these plans at the beginning of the year or halfway through the year, whenever you decide to do your planning, 
you can't just let it stay where it's at. You still have to curate that plan and come back to it often and reevaluate. If we've learned anything at all from 2020, it's that plans don't always stick and we have to pivot and we have to make different decisions. And so at some point in this 2021 year, I fully expect to be thrown off at some point because why not? (laughs) It would only be a continuation of this past year. And so if we are of that mindset, we can't just make our plans and leave it alone and go back to the next thing. And so if you'd like to come up and chat, Leanne, I'd love that. Um, But that's just something that we had talked about before is that you can't just leave it and, um, and not ever touch it again. Um, hey, Cammie and yeah. Christy, I loved all the, the pearls of wisdom that you just shared. Um, I think I wanted to just talk to you and pick your brain and see what you, maybe both of you might want to chime in for this, but like, I'm a new business owner. And so I, I'm a team of one and, you know, I'm really, I think I'm good at setting goals and I definitely use smart goals. Um, but like, sometimes I would say that it can be a challenge, you know, to, to keep yourself motivated, you know, when you don't really, you're just answering to your, to yourself. So like, what would you guys say is a good way to kind of like help keep yourself motivated when you're starting out your business to kind of help push yourself towards your goals? Because let's be real. We all kind of sometimes hit walls and we think, Oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hit that goal. And I know it's, I mean, it's easy to give yourself grace, but like, do you have any good tips about how you've motivated yourself in the past? Yeah. So um, I think kind of what I talked about in the episode recording is um, always coming back to them often, like setting it up on your calendar on the first Monday of every month or the first Wednesday of every month, whatever works for your schedule, but coming back to your plans for your 2021 and making reevaluations as you go. My biggest regret that I ever did in business, well, I have two. One is not networking sooner than I did. The second is not making plans and um, just thinking that, oh, I'm just on my own. Like, I know what's going on in my business, but actually sitting down and having like a one-on-one with yourself and really going through, hey, I am wanting to do X, Y, Z in 2021. Where am I? Where am I at? And on those goals, what I love to do, and I've talked about a couple times on the podcast, is do what I call road mapping. Um, Rachel Hollis kind of taught this concept, and I've tweaked it a little bit, but um, it's essentially saying, okay, here's my goal. Here's one goal that I want to do. Let's say for you, for example, Leah, and I know that you do interior design. So let's say one of your goals is to do, I don't know how many homes you do right now, but let's say your goal is you want to complete 10 interior design projects by the end of 2021. So you have 12 months, you want to do 10, or let's say 12. You want to do 12, you want to do one every single month. Well, that's a smart goal. You have it timely. You have it, uh, re- like it's re- it's a reasonable thing. Hopefully, maybe not. Um, but if you want to do 12 in 12 months of time, what are the steps in order to, on December 31st of 2021, say, yes, I did 12 or 15 or however many did, but yes, I met or exceeded this goal by this specific date. And so what I do is I pull out um, three or five different squares. You can do as many 
steps as it'll take you to get to that goal. Rachel Hollis teaches three different mile markers to get to a goal, but um, sometimes you need less mile markers and sometimes you need more mile markers. So however many steps it takes you to get there, but they need to be in line with that end goal. So for example, if you had 12 by the end of 2021, and um, you kind of need to work backwards. Well, what will get you to um, to that goal? What is the last thing that needs to happen before you get to that goal? What about the time before that? So do you need to um, invest in more marketing? Because that could be one of your um, mile markers. Do you need to hire someone to go market for you? Do you need to establish expertise to show that you are the expert in this subject? And so what are the certain things that need to happen before you reach your end goal? And again, this can be anywhere from three to five. Maybe you even need seven different mile markers to get to that point. But um, having a good tangible um, plan to get there and then every single month you're going to check in on that plan. Okay, did I do the thing that I said I was going to do? Um, And the kicker to this roadmap is each of these points to get you to your end result, you have to put a date by it that it needs to be completed by. So if you if one of your goals is to have all of that, and the one of the steps to getting there is hiring someone to go out and do the sales for you, then when do you want to hire that person? Does it need to be on June 1st, 2021. And so when you get to June 1st, can you look at that and say, yes, I completed that or no, I'm not ready for that. And do I need to, you know, flip flop my goal? Um, I hope that makes sense. And maybe that helped a little bit. Christy, do you have anything to chime in on, on her question? Um, I love that, Cam. We are both Rachel Hollis fans. Leanne, one thing I was going to tell you is that what works for me, and I'm just, you know, a simple girl and I relate everything back to analogies that we can all um, relate to but so I would say like if you wanted to lose 50 pounds right then we would all you know that's a big goal but we would celebrate when we lost our first five pounds we'd celebrate when we got to 10 when we got to 15 20 25 and so I kind of try to do that with myself and that's how I keep myself motivated not that it's the equivalent of the 50 pounds but sometimes it feels like it right like being an entrepreneur feels like, oh my gosh, like it's just so much sometimes. And so I try to just, I try to remind myself to stop and, and cherish the, the little wins, right? Kind of like you would do like even five pounds on a 50 pound goal, like that's a big deal. So I, you know, if you get a new client, I try to stop and celebrate. I mean, literally I, Cam knows I was going berserk trying to figure out, um, an email service provider, like I kept switching and blah, blah, blah. I literally like wanted to pop a bottle of champagne when I finally <laughs> like got that figured out. So I, you know, what helps me be motivated is to, you know, break things into, you know, smaller chunks and then just, you know, reward myself. Um, and, and not even like a thing so much as just like rec- stopping and recognizing you know, I mean, obviously a thing if I, you know, get some big win in business, but just recognizing like, wow, that was cool. I did that. I figured that out. And, you know, so, um, I love, I love that idea. I mean, I think, I think I don't maybe do that currently. And just you describing that, like I, I, I chuckled to myself because I think we've all been there when you're teaching yourself some sort of technology that, and you're trying to figure it out yourself and you finally figure it out. It's like, you know, I had to figure out, I, I, um, 
had to figure out how to put forms like on my website and you know figure out how to paste all that in with the html and i remember when i did it and it worked you know i almost cried because i was like i figured that out you know so um and i think i don't do a good job of maybe celebrating those little wins but i need to maybe do that and maybe i'll i think i loved Tammy's idea about the um the you know wipeable calendars and so i was like i think i should go back and start writing in like in a my favorite color like every time i book a new client just so i can easily go back and see that um over the the end of the year and kind of celebrate those those things and help myself you know map that out going forward so i love yeah, that those were all great answers. thank you for chiming in leanne I know, Janelle, that you just jumped into the Clubhouse room. We're doing a live podcast recording for 2021 planning. And while I know that you weren't um, listening in on while we were recording, you can certainly check out the episode on the Render Podcast on Apple or Spotify. It will go live on Wednesday next week um, at 5 a.m. Central. So I've loved hosting this room. I've loved um, getting to record it. We've now been recording for about 44 minutes. So if you guys are okay, Leanne and Christy, with your voice being on the end part of the podcast, I'd love to have you guys on it. Of course, sweet friend. Anytime. Yes, I love um, learning from you and all of your wisdom. And you've just been such a great friend and champion to so many people. So Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right. Well, I'm going to shut down the room and shut down the recording, but it's been such a joy to be able to share my planning techniques for the next year. And hopefully you can come back to this episode every year and remember it. And let's be honest, I'll probably do another 2022 recording for next year. So thanks for joining in and being a part.